Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. If I bleed tonight, if I am sad tonight, I don't have a job to Hey everybody, welcome to a brand new episode of the Power Slam podcast here on Patreon a day early on Thursday or wherever you get your podcast on Friday. My name is Kenny, joined as always by Mr. Finley Martin. Finn, how are you this fine Thursday? Penny, yeah, I'm doing, I'm doing well. Yeah, yeah, I got the magazine finished yesterday. I had a little bit of drama. I was just oh, sending no. what's going down, which is the last two pages. And my internet stopped working. My internet always works. And um, to just keep resetting the router and about an hour later it came back on. So, uh so yeah, that was uh, that was about half nine last night. So I was like, oh. So anyway, <laughs> it ended up uh, sorting itself out, and uh, obviously the internet's working. So I can speak to you now, and you're in Amsterdam, aren't you, Kenny? Yes, yes. We made it here safe and sound yesterday. Uh, went to walk around last night. So it's a great, it's a great city to to come and visit. You know, people, wh- whatever you know, whether you whether you want to go and get some weed or whether you want to just be a tourist or you know whatever you want to do there's kind of something for everybody it's it's a very welcoming nice place so i would thoroughly recommend a visit to amsterdam if it's on any list to go to so um but yeah it was it, we, we flew from newcastle i've got to say you know new so we, we left from newcastle yesterday and it's the smoothest travel experience i've ever had really ever wow. like newcastle airport is so easy you go through the security and there's no fuss whatsoever. There's no no fuss at all. Then you walk through, you're straight into the you know the kind of bar and restaurant bit, 
and the gates are right beside you. And then when we got on the plane, it literally taxis away from the gate and it's right onto the runway, like at the end of the gate, but is the runway. And it just took, it was, and it was great. So uh, obviously we were all just going, <laughs> we should move to Newcastle. <laughs> That'd be way easier if you're ever traveling, just going from there. But uh, yeah, we arrived safe and sound. So yeah, very, very good overall. Um, but there is lots of wrestling news then to talk about. Yes. And the, I mean, the first one we should talk about is it's freshest in the mind is, you know, never trust a wrestling promoter <laughs> is the adage that wrestlers should remember because obviously, you know, All In was a massive success. Yeah. And, you know, we, we would not even dare to say it was not a massive success. You know, they, they way overestimated anybody's, uh, what people thought that show was going to do in terms of live attendance, right? So exactly. I mean, projections, and I thought maybe they'll do forty thousand, maybe fifty, um, but I didn't think they'd do like. Well, obviously, we're just about <laughs> to talk about the number now, but the number that they did draw was much higher than I expected, much higher than I thought it would be. So we are not running AEW down. We are not belittling them. No. We are not trying to turn a success into a. Not failure, but less of a success. Let's just put that that out there first, Kenny. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. We're not there to demen- We're not here to diminish Diminished, the accomplishment for for sure. But achievements. Yeah, but you know, res- so WrestleNomics. You know, Brandon Thurston at WrestleNomics does some really great work, and it's you know, if you follow his stuff, it's fantastic. But um, essentially, yesterday it came out that um, the the turnstile. So somebody had requested from the local council, the turnstile number for All In at Wembley Stadium. And obviously they announced it was 81,035 people. Will Osprey had then got a tattoo that sort of commemorated. And, you know, I mean, look, it, it is quite sweet that, like, of all the stuff he's done, he wanted to commemorate that moment. You know, that that big show that he worked on, beat Chris Jericho, you know, largest audience he's been in front of in the West. And, yeah, in the West. Well, I mean, has he been in front Ever. of him? Ever, yeah, yeah, largest audience ever, I think. Yeah, so yeah, cool. yeah. Yeah, sure. so la- largest audience ever, 81,035, but the turnstile count is 72,265. Yes. To put, put that in perspective, the WrestleMania 32 turnstile count, because obviously they'd said they had 101,000, we know that's absolute rubbish. Their turnstile count was 80,709. So... The issue here, I think, is that, you know, obviously they've been so gung-ho to call it the biggest show, the biggest show, the biggest show ever. And now this has come out and it's, you know, 8,000 less. Now you can say, well, they, they did sell 81,035 tickets. That is how many they sold. But through the door was uh, 72,265. So Will Osprey <laughs> put a, a now-deleted Twitter video up where he said, you won't believe it, it's the worst day ever. I've got to Japan. Do you know how hard it is to get a tattoo? You know, your mum hates it. And then you find out that the number's not real. The number's not right. Yeah. Um, what did you make of this story? I mean, I mean, I've got to say, when you were looking at the venue, there was a lot of empty seats. There just were. I mean, I know it was, I reckon it seats about 90,000. Yes. Yeah. I think that was the figure. Um, but you look at it and thinking, there's a hell of a lot of empty seats here. There's a lot more empty seats in this building than there were at SummerSlam 92. Yeah. You know, watching that, I mean, I know that's a, it was the different version of Wembley that was demolished and then the larger version of Wembley was built on the same site um, in the 2000s. So it's a different stadium, 
But I, yeah, I did sort of think, mm, have they really, is there really that many people in there? But I mean, you just don't know, do you? I mean, yep. you're, you're basing it on the information that comes out. And then this freedom of information request went in. And that's a, and that's a fairly new thing we have in this country where people actually have to tell the truth, don't they? this is what really happened and this is the genuine authentic legitimate number no ifs or buts you know no massaging of statistics that was the number of people who came through the turnstiles to at Wembley Stadium to watch all in that day so yes 72265 um well, it's a weird one, isn't it? Because I mean, if they say that they've sold 81,035 people, you know, do, can we believe that figure now, Kenny? Because then this new information has come to light, which, you know, casts doubt on that figure. So yeah. do we know if that paid attendance figure is accurate? We don't, do we? No, I mean, you can only you can only kind of rely on somebody like a Brandon Thurston who, you know, does all this research and tries to get the, the real numbers of everything. And, you know, but then how's he going to find out, you know, I don't know who you need, I don't know who you put a request in to find that information out. I, I don't think, I don't see how you could. I mean, it's possible that in years to come, someone will blab and someone will confirm the real figure. And maybe the paid attendance really was 81,035. Maybe it was. But now there's a big question mark over it because we know the 72265 number is authentic because they have to tell the truth. So, yeah, it's, it's. I mean, the 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 problem, of course, for AEW here and the, and AEW's supporters and all the people who've trumpeted this number, is that they made such a meal out of it, haven't they? Such a meal out of it, and um, now they look rather ridiculous because this new information's come out, which presumably they knew about all along, Kenny. Yeah, I presumably mean, this this seventy two two six five number is not news. The people in AEW, or at least the people at the top of the food chain. Well, right. So let let I'm going to try and play devil's advocate to to give them the benefit of the doubt, right? If I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt, then I could understand up until the day of the show, if you go with the eighty-one thousand thirty-five, if that if that's the number of tickets you've sold, and you go, yeah. that's that's what we're going to announce. I don't know when you get the. I don't know if it's the day of the show. Like, does Tony can get the turnstile count on the day? Does he get it the day after? And I guess at that point, what, do you double down on the, the biggest show ever? Do you not? I mean, I guess you do, but then the fear is that this is going to come out. And I mean, it's it's not a it's not a huge deal in terms of the number, but I think what it is, and like to your point where, you know, because with AEW, it was kind of like, well, this is the real number. You know, we are giving you the real number. This yeah. is not, I mean, they're, they're not saying this, but it's essentially saying we're not giving you this WWE number. Because yeah, we're giving you this real number, not the sports entertainment number. Exactly, yeah. Because the thing with WWE is, like, we will never trust the numbers they give us on no. stadium shows because they've, they've lied about it for decades, decades and decades and decades. So we will never, even if they ever were to get this groundbreaking number, we'll never really know because they always lie and up the number no matter what. But I think it's a shame that for AEW, this coming out has probably made a fair few people decide they're now not going to trust AEW's numbers as much as they would have before. Yeah. Well, I mean, all in was September 27th, Kenny, and today is September 14th. So, you know, we're... they've had over two weeks it's from yeah. August 27th to today. They've yeah. had over two weeks. So, yeah, they've had time, and this number's come out due to a freedom of information request. 
Um, this doesn't come out voluntarily from AEW, of course. So, yeah, I mean, it's... I, I guess, one, one, you know, it's like you, when we were talking about before we came on it, it's like, you know, never trust a wrestling promoter. At the end of no. the day, wrestling promoters are going to be wrestling promoters. So, you know, they're all going to be cut from the same cloth eventually. In that's some it. Way. It's just their nature to exaggerate. And that's yeah. just the, the name of the game, isn't it? And promoters in general do that. So this is not just restricted or limited to wrestling promoters. No. Um, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know. I just, it's, I mean, they're going to be, I'm sure they're already, well, I know already they're being nailed for this and it's going to get worse. But um, if you're going to make such a meal out of this number, which they have done, um, then it needs to be right. It needs to be legitimate. And you need, you don't want information like this coming out later that discredits you. So, you know, I've got no sympathy for them at all, Kenny. I mean, they did this deliberately. They've been banging on about these numbers deliberately to stick it to WWE, you know? So, and now this has come out, and I imagine WWE is going to stick it to AEW. Yeah, it's going to be a big game of sticking it to each other. But, um, yeah, it's the town. That's the way it is. Um, so moving on from that, I did want to ask you about obviously uh, on on Tuesday, um, it was the the the, mer- the 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 merger officially was finalised. You know, in de- the Endeavour WWE merger, they were the the TKO group were at the New York Stock Exchange. Yeah, Vince McMahon was there as Vincent Price. Um, I mean, the tash <laughs> and the hair dye at this That's point. That's Vince Price. <laughs> I mean, what? can we expect to see Vince playing Dracula on the silver screen? <laughs> I Actually, mean, no, but that was Bella Lugosi. But I'm sure Vince, no, Vince Price Vince did Price, it. Yeah, he did it. Yeah, he yeah did. in the Hammer movies, of course yeah. he did. Um, I mean, but, but, I mean, I, every time you see Vince, he looks more mental than he did the last time. It's, it's bizarre, but you know, it's funny, Triple H or Paul Levesque, for all the stuff that you know people might say about him, he netted a five million dollar bonus for this. So you know, he, and then Nick Khan got fifteen million. Uh, I did want to ask you though, because um, one of the execs from the TKO group had made a statement that Dana White has since completely denounced and said was a dumb statement, where the guy had said that. The hope was they wanted to make every UFC fan a WWE fan and every WWE fan a UFC fan and basically make them fans of both. Yeah, and Dana came out and said, you know, there's not much in the way of crossover between the audiences, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, he just kind of said, you know, I can't remember the exact name, but it was he's like, I love the guy, but, you know, this is not... And I mean, I, I do agree with Dana White. I don't think that... I mean, I'm not a UFC fan. It's not, I don't dislike it, but it's just not, I don't watch it. No, I don't either. I used to. I mean, I remember when it first started. I remember I covered it in Power Slam back in the day. Yeah. And it seemed very exciting back then. And obviously covered, you know, Brock Lesnar's adventures in the Octagon. And there was some coverage of UFC um, and MMA in Power Slam. Actually, for most of uh, most of Power Slam's time on the shelves, actually. Yeah. But, it, but I don't watch it now. I've got a lot of time to watch it. I don't really have any, any interest in watching it. And um, I know there are some UFC fans and MMA fans who also watch pro wrestling, but I'm not among them. You know, I'm not somebody who has any interest in watching MMA. I don't follow it. I don't, to be honest, I just don't care about it. 
Yeah, I mean, I just think it's 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 a nice idea, but I just I I think you know, especially if you go to WWE shows and you see the, the crowds, the majority of them are not MMA fans. You know, it's, no. it's, a, it's a different audience. But the 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 merger went through on Tuesday. Um, you know, it, it's expected to be business as usual. But uh, yeah, I mean, did you ever did you ever think you get to a day where there would be a, a non McMahon fully owned WWE? Were you surprised? Well, well, I mean, no, because, you know, I, I, you know, I was basically, I said, this is not going to happen and um, felt very foolish, Kenny, when it did. So, um, you know, that was, so, you know, a big, big piece of humble pie that I had to eat there. Not the first time, certainly won't be the last time that I've got made a wrong call and got something uh, badly wrong in, in my coverage or uh, time following pro wrestling. Um, but to defend I mean, you a little bit, and to defend you a little bit on that, I mean, your whole thing was Vince is not going to relinquish control, but yeah. he has ended up as he's basically got himself into a deal where the guy Ariel Emmanuel, who or Ari Emmanuel, who who owns Endeavor, has yeah. basically said, "I don't know wrestling; it's Vince's." You know, so Vince basically has managed to sort of have his cake and eat it too. Yes, yeah, very, yeah, absolutely, very good analogy, Kenny. I mean, it's like. You're right, because, I mean, Vince has sold, but not surrendered control. That was my whole thing of, like, I had this vision of, you know, Vince being like Harry Osborne in Spider-Man, you know. I built this company. You know, you can't get rid of me. You know, and then Vince, you know, instead of coming back as Dracula, coming back as the the Green Goblin and (laughs) doing them all in. Obviously, that's just, uh, that wasn't going to happen, of course. But you know what I mean? It's like... (laughs) It was just like, <laughs> why did I just say those words? Well, anyway, you know what I mean. The yeah, yeah, yeah. Character is a Green Goblin, and he comes back and seeks revenge on those who threw him off the board. But it's just like, yeah, I never thought that um, that Vince would surrender control, but in a sense, he hasn't. He's still very much the man in charge. So you're right; he has sold the company, and yet. Um, remains very much in charge of WWE. So in some ways, it's the best of both worlds for him. Yeah, 100%. So, you know, it's. Been, it, I mean, the good thing is it feels like, even though Vince still makes changes to the show and stuff, like, you know, as far as I'm hearing from behind the scenes, Hunter, Triple H is still in charge of the creative generally. Obviously, yeah. any sort of, you know, if, the, if Roman's going to drop the belt, that's going to be a, a Vince discussion and decision but you know Triple H is still you know booking it so I mean I think and you know one of the things as an example so one of the news pieces that I'm kind of segueing into now Fightful had reported late last night is that Jade Cargill is WWE bound There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. 
Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. And, you know, that to me feels more like a Triple H hire than a Vince hire. And, you know, it seems like his kind of team would be looking at her because, you know, we've said before that even though Jade, you know, needs a lot of work in the ring, she's got the star power down. She's got the, the way she carries herself down. So, you know, he still seems to be calling the shots. But um, what did you say? So yeah, terms- I mean, I, I could see Vince. Um, I can understand why Vince would see, you know, stars and dollar signs in Jade Cargill because of the way she looks. I mean, I mean, I just think she's dreadful in the ring. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I mean, I really do think she's so bad. And uh, I just, you know, I, I don't know what the hell they're going to do with her, but maybe she just hasn't been trained very well. And maybe once she gets in that system, the light bulb will go off and she'll un- learn to understand pro wrestling. And this will become viable for, obviously it's viable uh, for in, in monetary terms, because I imagine WWE is offering her quite a lot of money to join Team WWE. Um, but I mean, you know, I'm sure AEW is thinking, why didn't we sign her earlier? Why didn't we lock her up earlier? Because they put a hell of a lot of TV time into her and gave her a huge win streak, win streak before she lost to uh, Chris Statlander earlier in the year. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens when she joins WWE. I mean, you know what I mean? It's like, that's the system to be in. You know, if you want to learn and you want to become a pro wrestler and you want to, you're going to have the best teachers. You've got lots of people around you who can advise you on what to do and what more importantly, sometimes not what not to do. So we'll see what happens when she enters that system. But I think they're going to have to do a lot of work with her before they put her on TV. I'm just hoping they don't just rush her onto TV like a, you know, Gable Stevenson type situation. Yeah, it's I mean, like, oh, you know, she's got all the, he's got this star power. Everyone knows who he is. You know, he's Olympic gold medalist. He looks amazing. Blah 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 blah. Let's just put him on TV now when he's not ready. So I'm hoping with Jade that they take the time and don't rush her onto NXT. Yeah, and the good the good thing as well is that she, if she was in WWE, she would be wrestling a lot. You know, and if even if they do put her in the main roster straight away, if they do that, they can they can have her do the NXT house shows and the the main roster house shows because that's always been the problem is that you know she would do there's there's two tapings a week and at the most she'd be on one of them, so she was never getting a chance to you know to to do more. So yeah, I mean, I always felt like you know they've got obviously they've got QT and they've got access to other trainers and they've got lots of people in that system who know wrestling. And I just thought to myself, why are they not paying for her to work with whomever? You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, why, why are they not just putting one person or a team of people with Jade if they really felt like she could become a star? Um, why are they not just having her train for a day or two days a week with a team of people so that she could iron out these creases and work out how to do this thing, you know, well? So um, I never... Could never quite work out why they didn't do that. I mean, they didn't. I mean, they could have done that with a lot of talent, couldn't they? I mean, obviously, they got the money and like just come up with like your own sort of, I don't know, mini development, developmental type, you know, touring, you know, system where in which you teach the people who are green and who need more experience how to grow and become better performers. 
Yeah, you've got Dustin Rhodes as well. He does his school in Texas. So there's, yep. there's loads of options. I mean, I, do, I think it's a big win for WWE actually to get Jade because in terms of how she's been presented and, you know, a lot of, like you say, a lot of TV time has been put into her. Um, she, now, she did come back on Collision last week and they have filmed a match for Rampage this week where she loses to Chris Statlander again. So I assume that that was a case of, you know, she's leaving, but they want to have her put over Statlander on the way out. But, I mean, I don't think people are going to really remember that on Rampage or anything. So when she gets yeah. to WWE, I think she's going to have a lot of name power to her. A lot of people will be very excited at the idea of what she's going to do. But like you said, it's going to be that kind of balance. And, you know, I don't think, I don't think, I think she's a bigger star than just being starting right at the bottom of NXT. But I don't think she's ready to main event on Raw. So they need to figure out that middle ground for her. Yeah, well, it's. I mean, the thing is, it's like, I mean, the standards for the women, particularly on NXT, I mean, okay, some of the matches aren't that good, but a lot of them are, and a lot of the talent there are really good. I mean, okay, some aren't, but a lot really are, and they know what they're doing, and you could introduce Jade to that world, and by being around better wrestlers, theoretically, she will become better. So, I mean, they're just going to have to work it out. I mean... There's a certain standard that I think they're going to expect. And you can see with the people that they're not very good, they'll only book them in very short matches, uh, which is obviously the way to do it on TV, but it's not the way to do it on a house show where that's the place to learn, isn't it? And yeah. NXT does the touring and they can send her on the road, um, you know, and she can do two or three matches a week and she's got access to all the best trainers and all the other things I've already mentioned. So we'll see what happens. Um um, but yeah, to me, if she's going to make it and that that light bulb's going to go off, it's going to happen in WWE. Um, speaking of uh, you know women in WWE and NXT, obviously Becky Lynch and Tiffany Stratton had the big match on Tuesday night where Becky Lynch lifted the NXT women's title for the very first time. And a, a huge number, the show, I think preliminary, has done 850,000 viewers. But uh, during the main event, the... Becky yeah, it peaked at 1.06 million viewers during the main event. Yep, the overrun peaked at over a million. So, yeah. and and I think they were going up against the MTV Video Music Awards as well. So, it wasn't a a duff night on TV either. So, yeah, that was the highest number for a NXT episode since I think October 28, twenty twenty. So, the highest, uh, largest viewing audience in nearly three years. Very impressive. Yeah, I mean, it's a big, it's a big match. It was promoted pretty well. Uh, were you surprised to see Becky win? Did you think it was the right decision for her to win? I'm curious what your thoughts on that. Yeah, I think it was the right decision. Uh, there was a lot of complaints uh, in certain circles that Becky had come in and squashed Stratton, which she didn't do. It was a long match. It was very competitive. Um, and, um, you know, oh, Becky, you know, they shouldn't have done this. You know, she should have put Stratton over. And to me... I don't think Strat. I think it was the right decision. Clearly, it was in terms of viewing figures. Lynch can appear for NXT in future, and she's going to be a draw there. She proved it this Tuesday, and uh, she'd never been NXT Women's Champion before. So this was, you know, she's now like the Grand Slam winner, and she's now Grand Grand Slam Champion, isn't she? Yes, in she is. WWE. Yeah. So. I think it was, it felt, it seemed like a big moment for her. She seemed genuinely thrilled that she'd been given the belt. Um, and I think had Stratton retained, I think it would have been the wrong outcome. I think people 
I think it would have been too soon for her to defeat Becky Lynch, especially after Lynch had just beaten Trish Stratus in that amazing cage match at Payback. You know, it would have just been short-termism. It would have been really short-sighted to have Stratton beat Lynch. There's no way that she's ready for a victory of that magnitude at this point in her career. So that, to me, would have been just all wrong to have Stratton go over. Um, and, you know, I've always, I said years, I said a long time ago, Kenny, that WWE, when NXT was struggling, you got all these people on the main roster who weren't really doing anything, who could lend a helping hand, and there should have been more crossover, more joined up booking, and that's what they're doing now, and it's working really well. And I think when the time comes, whoever defeats Lynch for that belt, hopefully it'll be somebody in NXT. Um, maybe it'll even be Tiffany Strand. That'll be a huge moment in their career. So this sets up lots of things. Had Stratton won, that would have been the end of it. Yeah. Lynch would have returned and then the story would have been over and she would have returned back to Raw. And, you know, what's she got going on on Raw at the moment, Kenny? You know what I mean? She's not really doing anything there at yeah. the moment. And there's no obvious opponent for her, apart from Rhea Ripley. And now Rhea Ripley is doing the feud with Nia Jax. And we know they want to do Rhea Ripley versus Lynch during WrestleMania season. So it would be premature to do that, you know, at Survivor Series. So I think it's the best of both worlds here that Lynch has won this belt. And I think there's going to be a lot of people who will benefit from this long term. Yeah, I would agree. I think the the one thing, and I'm, I'm not putting words into Becky Lynch's mouth here, but I'm just kind of drawing a comparison that I think is a kind of fairly natural one to draw, is that in 2020, Charlotte won the NXT Women's title from Rhea Ripley. And I don't think Charlotte really did anything for the NXT Women's title. If anything, she kind of came in and just kind of squashed the belt in some ways. Uh, whereas I think Becky's going to make sure that when she once she drops that NXT Women's title... She's elevated some people. She's worked with some people who need it. She's helped. And uh, I think that'll be something that's important to her. Um, I just get that vibe from her. I get the vibe from Becky that kind of giving back to NXT means more to her than it necessarily did to Big Shazza back in 2020. So, <laughs> Well, that's it. I mean, they've already set up a match between Lynch and Kiana James, I think it was. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you know, she can appear, you know, every week or every few weeks. There's lots of people she can work with there. And I think she can do so much for the talent there while she's champion. I mean, this was a very even match between Lynch and Stratton. And to say that Stratton was buried is just nonsensical. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, not not in a match that went that long and was so competitive. So Exactly. It's... It was like Stratton went for a prettiest moonsault ever. Lynch dodged it, you know, nailed her quickly with the manhandle slam. And that was it. One, two, three. And huge response in the arena. And um, yeah, it, to me, it was, I was expecting more from the match. I was hoping for more from the match, actually. Yeah. But I thought, the, I thought the finish looked really good. And it was, to me, the right outcome on the night. Um, and then, you know, we talked about Raw uh, on what's going down this week. But we, we didn't really talk about Seth Rollins. Obviously, the Nakamura feud is kind of continuing uh, we talked a little bit about Cody kind of feeling a bit aimless. With Seth, it kind of feels that we're also in this holding pattern of having him do this Nakamura thing till whatever's next comes up. Um, how are you feeling about the Nakamura feud continuing and what do you want to see next with Seth? Um, 
I mean, again, you know, we said on Tuesday that WWE, a lot of WWE right now, particularly SmackDown, I mean, I know this is raw, feels like it's in a lull. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, you know, Nakamura, Rollins, I mean, no one really believes that Nakamura is going to defeat Rollins. Um, and it just feels like something to keep Seth Rollins occupied until, you know, <laughs> Drew McIntyre turns heel, maybe. I don't know. I mean, they might be saving that for Royal Rumble or WrestleMania, McIntyre, McIntyre versus Rollins. Yeah, it could so be. It, it almost does feel at the moment where you where, where everything's in a holding pattern until it all really starts moving again at the end of the year or in January. So, I mean, it's okay. I mean, Nakamura versus Rollins, it doesn't feel must-see. I mean, it's not bad. I mean, these two are, are good in the ring. Obviously, Rollins can still go. And I think Nakamura has been energized by this heel turn and this, you know, series with Rollins. I think it's been good for his career. I think there's, you know, there's more attention on him now than there has been in years. And he seems more motivated than he has done in a very long time. So, you know, it's it's a, it's not a bad feud, but it doesn't feel essential and it doesn't feel like Rollins could lose. And when you've got a match um, in which there's no real doubt over the winner... It's a, it's a bit of a problem, isn't it, really? Um, and sometimes that's just the way it is, you know, and, and it's up to the wrestlers and the creative team to make us care and make us believe that, yeah, maybe Nakamura might pull off the upset. I don't think he will. Um, I'm not really sure what to expect from a rematch. We're obviously going to get one. Um, I can't say I'm really that bothered about watching it. I'm sure I will be watching it. Um I don't know. I don't really know what's next for this, Kenny. What would what, you make of it all? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I can echo most of the stuff you're saying, to be honest. I think we are in this holding period. We're on a lull. I think the thing with the Rollins-Nakamura match is that they kind of went too long on the first match. And it, it main evented a show that you know, it didn't really feel at like the main event either. So the the rematch doesn't fill me with confidence. I mean, I know Ricochet was involved on Monday. Maybe you make it a three-way with Ricochet. I mean, that feels... Mid cards through and through that match, if they if they were to go that direction, so it's it's kind of feeling that more and more like fast lane is going to be payback again, and really we're not going to get anywhere with any big stories until the Saudi show early November. I agree. So you know, unfor I mean, unfortunately, Fed and I can't just take the month off <laughs> to just you know, <laughs> go and walk walk around the lakes or to go hiking or whatever to just, you know, replenish our energy. But um, I mean, the only only good thing I can say is I've been for, for, I don't know how long it is now, but I've been pleading with WWE to turn Ricochet heel and give him this arrogant, conceited, you know, I'm better than you type character. Well, I know that's an MGF character, but something that's not an MGF character, but you know what I mean? Um, And, um, if Rick, because like we're going to have an Nakamura Ricochet match on Raw this Monday, aren't we? That's happening this yes. month. So if this leads to a Ricochet heel turn, then something will have been achieved. I mean, I know I've just said that Nakamura has been reheated to an extent. Um, you know, maybe Ricochet and Nakamura form a partnership. Maybe there's some mileage in that. So yeah, yeah I think if Ricochet turns heel and joins Nakamura, then at least it'll take it'll take those two somewhere in a new direction. That could be quite interesting. 
because at the moment, it's obviously, it's inevitable that Nakamura is going to beat Ricochet because we know Nakamura is going to face Rollins again. So there'll be no surprises there. And, um, you know, it's inconceivable that Nakamura is going to defeat Rollins in the rematch. So, yeah, it's it almost feels like just blatant filler, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it does. But, you know, I mean, sometimes this happens and we just kind of need to, you know, grin and bait it for another month. And, you know, by by the time early November is around, we'll have no more Cena. We'll have a bit more juice to the storylines. It'll be a good time. Uh, well, listen, that's all the time we've got for now. We are going to uh, record an overrun, so we'll talk about the Matt Riddle story and we'll also take some questions that didn't quite make the mag. So uh, do stay tuned for that over at patreon.com forward slash inside the ropes. Uh, but also, um, the magazine, Inside the Ropes magazine, the pre-order is up for issue 37. Bray Wyatt on the cover, you know, it's a 64-page issue at no extra cost to subscribers or you know, magazine purchasers. So we hope that you will enjoy that. A lot of work has gone into this issue. Um, you know, the team have worked really hard to put together a, a real bumper issue. So I hope people will check it out. Yes, that's on sale two weeks today, 28th of September. Yes. So do uh, either go and check out the website or uh, grab it from WH Smith on the 28th. Uh, so thank you for all your support, everybody, as always. And we'll talk to you soon. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.